Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of All the Small Games. My name's Andrew Levins, and with me, my beautiful co-host, John Valenzuela, here also. I am looking particularly good today. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad I noticed. <laughs> sure. Uh, this, this is a podcast all about indie games, and um, we're going to be talking about a few of them today. Uh, I've been playing a remake of a, ver- of a 30-year-old uh, game uh, that was recently re-released. Uh, 30-year-old. Cotton, good Cotton Lord. Reboot. Yeah, yeah. Cotton Reboot, older than some of our listeners, I'm sure. Uh, and John, what have you been playing? I have put some time in this week on Minute of Islands and Mundawn. And cool. as, a little, as a little teaser for the episode, I loved one of them and I didn't love the other. So Excellent. stick around and find out which is which. The golden balance. Um, before mm. we get into our reviews, uh, we have some news. Uh, do you want the super exciting news or the also super exciting news first, John? Uh, I'll take the exciting news. Okay, well, uh, on Friday morning, I set my alarm for 3 a.m. I woke up and uh, it was about 2.30 and I, I checked my phone and I was like, oh, it's 2.30, I woke up early. Uh, the reason I, I set an alarm was so I could pre-order uh, a new play date because 3 a.m. Uh, Australian time on Friday morning was when they decided to drop the pre-order link. Um, and so I woke up half an hour early and I was like, oh, I'll just go back to sleep and my alarm will surely wake me up. And uh, then I woke up again a little bit later and I checked my, my phone and it was seven past three. Turns out I set an alarm for 3 p.m. Anyway, oh quickly ran to the website um, by holding my phone and, and, and entering it into my into my uh, browser and uh, managed to cut, get the cutoff for the first 20,000 uh, pre-orders of... Uh, of of the playdate, they all sold out in 15 minutes. Um, but that means I'll be getting my playdate this year, which is super exciting. I also got the cover. Oh um, yeah! And I, I, what was great was uh, stacks of um, listeners. Like obviously, our, our Discord was ablaze with a handful of people uh, who were trying to get it. There was a weird problem with international shipping, and so it, it kind of said that. It, I guess because the, the servers were getting smashed instead of just like being slow, it w- would give people messages saying that they couldn't ship to their address. So people oh, were just damn. like frantically refreshing. It was fine. I, I had the problem at first and then I just re-entered my address again and it was fine. <laughs> frantically trying to move house. 
Um, but I had like multiple people, uh, multiple people uh, write in. Uh, someone, someone DM'd me on Twitter. Um, I should give Ooh. a shout out, a shout out properly. But yeah, someone that that, I, that I've never heard from before. I just saw that there was like a a message um, request notification uh, from JL, and he uh, this is just a great message to get. Um, Are you getting the same problem with panic not shipping the playdate to New South Wales? Um, and then in brackets, hey, huge fan of all the small games. And then in more brackets, and annoyed at playdate right now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, 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 thankfully uh, JL was able to get one uh, eventually. Uh, Josh, he's a, is a game programmer at Big Ant Studios in Melbourne, originally okay. from Sydney. Shouts to Josh. Um, I've heard of Big Ant. Um, you uh, you got a Big Ant, bro? Fucking roasted. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> The development of sports games, including Cricket 19, Rugby League Live 4, AFL Live, and Don Bradman Cricket 14. Hell yeah. Um, uh, JL is also a member of the Each to Their Own YouTube channel, ETTO. Okay. Anyway, so I got, I got a message from, from, from listeners, and we got an email from someone uh, that managed to get a play date. This one comes from Ollie. Um, hey, John and Levin's big fan of the show. I just came across from the filthy casuals pod after adam knox mentions you guys in one of their episodes i'm finally up to date after smashing through your episodes and i've been having a great time catching up on all your content and getting recommended even more games to chuck into the backlog anyway as i write this it's past 4 a.m and i've got to be up at 6 a.m so i'll get to the point i'd first like to thank levens as i had my 3 a.m alarm set a day early and if it wasn't for you talking about your alarm on the pod last week my stupid ass would have been waiting at 3 a.m thursday morning for nothing um, all that aside, I managed to get my hands on a 2021 playdate, I think, and I was wondering how Levens' experience was getting one, and also if John ended up going in on one. Did you have any troubles with it? I struggled at first and kept getting the can't ship to your region error, but after 10 minutes of refreshing on my phone, I ended up getting my girlfriend's laptop out, and it worked on that straight away. Super excited to get my hands on it, and really keen to hear you guys' thoughts on this beauty when it comes out or when you get your hands on it. Um... Let's, I like the last paragraph is uh, where this email really shines. So sorry about the long ass email. I don't think I even put this much effort into any school essays. So I understand if you don't get around to reading it. Uh, Ollie, it's been three at most paragraphs so far. It's not that yeah. long. <laughs> what um, kind of essays did you have to write at school, Ollie? <laughs> uh, but if you've gotten this far, I'd like to say thanks for the hours of great content and great recommendations. As an electrician, you guys have helped me through many crawls through roofs and under floors, and I look forward to keeping up to date with the pod for however long you guys decide to do this for. Keep up the good work and hoping you and your families are doing well and keeping safe through this unfortunate lockdown. Thanks and sorry from Ollie. <laughs> um, Ollie, nothing to apologize for. It's incredibly um, sweet, Ollie. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I, I I think it was it was relatively pro- problem free. I mean, obviously that is annoying. I think one of our listeners was wasn't able to get in the twenty twenty one window um, because of the 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 fuck up. But uh, yeah, it's pretty impressive that they sort of like the first twenty thousand. So all the twenty twenty one release window playdates sold out um, within fifteen minutes. Hell uh, yeah! They playdate released or panic the um the guys who were putting out the playdate. Um, and have published games like Firewatch and Untitled Goose Game in the past. They have a podcast, and they haven't put out an episode for ages, years. But um, the same day that the uh, that the Playdate launched, they released a two-hour-long um, podcast episode, like really well produced with interviews dating back like six years ago about the like the like 
conception of the play date, how it came to be, and how much hard work it took from so many people to get it to launch. Um, really interesting uh, listen if you are interested in, in, in hardware development. I feel like we hear there's lots of books about software development because video game hardware is so frequently you know attached to enormous companies who don't want to reveal their secrets you don't sure. really get much insight into you know the design process the 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 testing process the, the many many processes that uh that make something go from concept to reality um fascinating listen definitely recommend that podcast and uh shouts to anyone that that was able to order it on friday morning john did you uh did you set an alarm I did not, Levens. I'm I'm holding off on uh, the play date at this point in time, mm-hmm. just because uh, my wife's maternity leave is about to run out. Yep. So just keeping an eye on them dollars for the moment, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, being being I, uh... responsible. Yeah, well, I mean, as someone who has no income whatsoever, of course, I was sure. the perfect the perfect uh, uh, market to buy a playdate. <laughs> um, but uh, one thing I did learn from the podcast, listening to it, was that um, we know that you're getting 24 games when you buy the playdate. Of course, for anyone who doesn't know, playdate is an indie console uh, that has uh, two buttons, a D-pad, and a crank on the side. And uh, most of the games utilize the crank. It's a kind of few fun new way to play. It has a beautiful black and white. Um, one-bit screen uh, that's made with the same ink that Kindles use, I think. So it okay. is, isn't backlit, but you can you you can you know if there's light, you can you can play it really easily. Um, and in fact, it's one of the few consoles that plays really well in like sunlight, whereas anything else would get glare. This this is really good for sunlight. So so pretty interesting. One of the guys who worked on the hardware has a background in Kindles and um, the what was like the the weird. Like ink, the ink watch or whatever it was. I can't remember what the heck that was called. But um, the main thing I learned was that, yeah, the 24 games that you get at launch, um, we knew we were getting like one a week. But no matter when you buy, at this point anyway, they might they may, may change this once people complain. No matter when you buy, so say, John, you get I get mine in 2021, you get yours in 2022. You still, oh. from, from the moment you turn on that play date, that's when the games start trickling in week by week. So, right, so you won't you won't catch up when you get your exactly. Console. So even it's if you still if, interesting at this point, if you buy your 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 playdate twenty four weeks after it originally releases, you'll still have to wait twenty or twelve weeks, sorry, to get all twenty four games. Interesting, um, which I think is cool because it means you don't get inundated with this insane library when you get get the playdate first. But I don't know, I'm sure they may change that. But uh, it, and everybody it do- gets the same experience of owning a playdate. Exactly, except maybe there'll be people that are like desperately trying to hide from spoilers of, of what games are being released when. Sure, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I'm, I'm really, I'm so excited for the play date. I don't know, my expectations for the games themselves are like pretty tempered. I know they're just going to be fun little experiences, but for the actual console itself and like the UI and all of the, like the podcast really goes through the amount of insane things that they made from scratch. Like, you know, the, the, the new UI for the system, like working with all existing things like Bluetooth and how hard difficult that is. But then they've also made a, the, the web browser based game developer kit that like even a dumb schmuck like me could spend a small, a small amount of time. You know, I could, you, you can essentially learn how to make a really basic game and then upload it to your play date and send your friends a code and they can play your shitty game and review it on their podcast. <laughs> well, I guess that's an open call then for any other play date users or people who just want to hit that website and build a game to, uh, to send us your efforts and Levin's will, 
we'll dive in. Yeah, and, I can't uh, wait. And see how it goes. I also, I, I want you to unleash Archie on that site and see what he can, like... Yeah, absolutely, yeah. He'd definitely be cooking up good stuff. Boomerang foo too. Here we come. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, two hours after the pre-order link went live... Uh, for the playdate, uh, the thing that John was most excited for last week, the Annapurna Interactive uh, upcoming video game showcase, uh, dropped. Yes, John. Or, or started, or started streaming. Yeah. I did not set an alarm for this. This was like five o'clock in the morning. Instead, I uh, I sauntered into work on Friday, and uh, as as Ollie mentioned in his email, everything's in lockdown at the moment. So, but I because I live close to my office and. Uh, Working from home is not really viable because my house is baby, is entirely baby at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the whole office to myself, and I got to sit there in the morning and just spend some time taking in the Annapurna Interactive Showcase. And I got to say, I think like when we were doing the E3 showcases, you you said you know Playdate was your favorite. I thought they were strong showcases, but watching this one, I was like. Damn, this is by far the best showcase I've seen for E3 or just this year in general. So off the bat, uh, and I'll jump around a bit in the showcase and just talk about the stuff that really interests me. But off the bat, we got, there are two release dates that were locked in. Uh, one is Solar Ash is coming on October 26th. So that's, that's I believe, the, the, the new the one new by game. the Hyperlight Drifter team. That's right. uh, I think it's a console PlayStation exclusive but coming to Steam as well. Uh, and then on the flip side, a Xbox console exclusive and one that I've had my eye on for a while, The Artful Escape, which is like this crazy glam rock adventure through the universe. It reminds um, me of the Neil Cesariga um, uh, Brody Quest okay. video. Do you know that one? It's it like rigged- Ad- Adrian Brody walking around with a guitar... like. It's like him just going for a walk and then he walks under under the ocean and then he comes back with a guitar and it has like this big goofy song. Well, everyone, everyone look up Brody Quest. It's maybe my favorite video on YouTube. Ooh, big call. Uh, so, yeah, so we got two, two release dates locked in, which is always fun, especially since Artful Escape, I think, has been around for like four or five years now. And it's a Game uh, Pass, coming to Game Pass day one, September 9. Hell and yes. September they announced 8th. some of the voice cast as well, which is crazy. Like Jason Schwartzman's there, Mark Strong, Carl Weathers. Lena uh, Headey. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, huge. Big, big Hollywood voice cast. And it's made um, in Australia. Yeah. We got a we got an, uh, a really great comprehensive breakdown of Neon White Love from uh, from Ben Esposito, and it looks fantastic. You know, it's it's a it's such a crazy hybrid of game styles. You know, it's like a first person shooter mixed with a card game. Um, it's very centered around speed running, but you know there are all these like secrets that you can find in levels and you can you can go back and redo levels once you've got more skills and stuff like that it looks amazing look, I look, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna suck so much shit at it but i can't wait to try it out oh of course it's i think it's definitely one of those games where you just the more you play the better you become as you like because it's all about looking for shortcuts in the levels and the levels themselves are quite short and you yes. know, merit like yeah like replays re after replay so you can figure out the he, shortest way to get through he, it he demonstrated a level that he played um he played through twice one was like took 22 seconds to finish and the other which was like absolute top of the line run took eight seconds so yeah it's definitely like 
a short blast of gameplay. And he really, he broke down how the cards work as well, which is great. Like each card has a gun and a traversal usage and you can kind of like switch back and forth and, and cards have kind of multiple uses and yeah, it looks, it looks incredible. Um, there was a, uh, there was a four minute look into Stray, the, uh, the PlayStation ex- exclusive game where you play as a cat in a sort of futuristic, uh, setting. Man, the uh, animation the of that damn cat is perfect. Oh, it's amazing. Um, mm. it looks so good. I'm, I'm so excited, especially since it's coming to PC. Uh, cause as I said, PlayStation exclusive, that's where I'll be playing it. Um, Skin Deep. Uh, I've seen this game around. It's been around for a while. They gave kind of a bit more of a look at it this time. In Skin Deep, you play, I believe it's an ins- maybe an insurance adjuster who has to infiltrate a spaceship that's been taken over by pirates. And it looks like one of those games where it's like, it's all about kind of goofy emergent gameplay. So they showed like, you know, you're trying to get rid of a pirate your gun's out of bullets, but you see a button that opens an airlock. So you like throw your gun at the airlock button and the pirate gets sucked out into space and stuff like that. And, you know, you're trying to tempt a pirate to come over. So you, you like jump in the garbage and wind up all stinky. And then your stink (laughs) clouds attract the pirate to come over to you and all this kind of stuff. Like it just looks like it's going to be one of those really fun games where, there's not a lot of constraints on your gameplay. It's it's whatever you can imagine can be done. Uh, one standout that I hadn't seen before was Storyteller. Yeah, that one looks so much fun. Yeah, so Storyteller is like you are given a kind of title and all these elements, you know, like characters and, and, and plot elements that you can put into a story and you need to put together a story that fits the title. There's no, there's not necessarily one correct answer, especially it looks like once you get further into the game and you get more kind of plot elements and characters that you can add in. So you can kind of build the story that you want to build provided it matches the title. That looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if they mentioned consoles. It looks like it'd be a great phone game or iPad game uh, just because the interactivity is like drag and drop sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um we got a confirmation of an Outer Wilds expansion. So the Echoes of the Eye, I think it's called. Still a fair way off. Uh, it was really just one of the guys from the, the team that made Outer Wilds announcing it. But also they confirmed that we should be looking at a Switch port of it towards the end of the year. And they also announced a bunch of partnerships. The two that really stuck out for me was a partnership with No Code, which is the team that made Observation a really good kind of sci-fi thriller that I played earlier this year. And also a, uh, a partnership called the Ivy road, which is a, um, a, a, a collaboration between one of the guys that made the Stanley parable and, uh, one of the people, one of the women that made gone home. Yeah. Um, so here's where the, the, I, I agree with you. There were some great announcements, but then they spent way too long just like, hanging out with people that hadn't actually done anything yet yeah. and just being like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And like, it was like, it could have just been like one second, but it was five minutes of like, like those, that one in particular was like them kind of mucking around, pouring each other tea and goofing around. And like, if you're not familiar with who these guys are, just kind of like, they weren't, they weren't talking really about game development. It was just about like, what, what fun things could we do in the future? I don't know. Maybe I'm being too cynical, but I, I, I thought that, 
On the flip side, I liked that Ivy Road one. Some of the other ones, admittedly, I was a bit like, okay, cool, you make games. Like, hey, you like skateboarding and you've got skateboarding in whatever game you're planning on making, that's great. But I don't know, the Ivy Road one for me, I found it particularly charming. I thought it was fun. Hey, that's just me. And I had the benefit of watching after the live stream. So I could kind of get a taste of those sections and then quickly flip through to whatever the next trailer or announcement was. Oh, me too. One um, one little detail that I quite liked uh, is... So in between each of the, um, in between each of the segments, it would like go to a kind of... There'd be an animation of, like, a globe spinning around and then focusing on the city that, you know, where the next game they announced was being developed. I believe the art style for those globe animations was taken from uh, Kentucky Route Zero. Oh, cool. So that kind of, like, line drawing, like, slightly dynamic line drawing, it was just just a little detail that I was like, huh, I really like that. That's cool. So yeah, awesome, awesome um, showcase in my opinion. Loved so much of the stuff they showed. I was like, oh hell yes, that's amazing. Yeah, no, it was it was super fun. It was great. Um, lots of lots of games I'm looking forward to, and also like a lot of games that Annapurna are publishing this year that they didn't even mention at all, which just kind of kind of shows how confident they are in in their their future lineup. This is like was- them look, looking into the into the very far future as opposed to just this year. It was funny watching the the comments pop in the chat while going through this YouTube live stream. And so many people were like, 12 minutes? What about 12 minutes? 12 minutes? 12 minutes? It's like, dudes, that's out in less than a month. Like, mm-hmm. of course, they're not going to talk about 12 minutes in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is the Annapurna Interactive Showcase. Um, one more bit of cool news uh, just popped up this morning. Um, and that is uh, that a lot of uh, indie game developers, um, without saying their names, these are the developers who gave us um, games like Disc Room, Minute, Sludge Life, Nuclear Throne, Genital Jousting, Broforce, Ridiculous Fishing, High Hell, Heavy Bullets, Desktop Dungeons, Gorn, and Super Crate Box. Uh, they're partnering up with the IM 8-bit, and this morning re- released a trailer featuring uh, indie game god Tim Schafer from Double Fine. Uh, in a in a in a car playing this game, um, the game is it's a it's a card game, a physical card game, um, a board game even uh, called Dust Biters, um, and uh, the game looks really cool. Art on the uh, looks really fun. Um, so it's a, all about like uh, like post apocalyptic convoy combat kind of game. That's right. Um, I was just as as you were talking about Annapurna, I became the five hundred and fifty fifth backer of. Um, of this 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 project, and they are just shy of one thousand dollars left to go of their thirty five thousand dollar Australian goal. So, um, considering they launched this morning, I think it's pretty safe to say these guys are going to hit their target. Hell yeah! Uh, um, I believe it it's, it's called, very it's called like, Dust Biters. It's on Kickstarter yes, now. Dust Biters looks good. Looks really fun. Um, um, amazing, amazing lineage of people involved. I'm super duper excited. Um, yeah, so yeah, great, the main the main uh, the pedigree the main dude behind it is uh, Jan Willem Nijman, um, best known for everything he did with Vlambeer. Um, last year gave us Disc Room and many other games that we've loved, and um, so he worked on Disc Room with uh, Terry Vellman, who is the illustrator uh, for like he did a lot of the art for Sludge Life and Disc Room. Um, so he's did all, done all the art, and then there's a few other people involved too. 
um, including uh, Robbie Fraser, who worked on Broforce and Genital Jousting, some great Devolver games. But anyway, um, I'm super excited for physical games. I've been playing some pretty cool card games uh, in lockdown recently. I've got to give a quick shout out to my friends over in Kyoto, Japan. Uh, I say friends. The friendship consists of me every few months um, asking, begging if they'll um, ship me their new game from Kyoto to, to Sydney. Um, and them being extremely pleasant and lovely in Japanese in their reply. Um, hmm. But uh, Sashi and Sashi is the name of the, um, the the game makers. I love them, their game so much. I've been playing a game of theirs called um, Remember Our Trip, which is like a tile placement game where you have to choose from tiles and then put them on your map. And there's also so you, every player has their own map, but then in the middle is a central map, and that's where destinations actually are. And so you're forming memories using by putting them on your map, but as they get locked in on the main map, you might be off from like where the landmarks. So you're, you're like basically recreating a trip to Kyoto or a trip to Singapore. Um, it's really like it sounds complicated. It's really, once you start playing, it makes so much sense. It's very cool and very unique tile placement game. And uh, this week we also started a game called Coffee Roasters, um, which is a game where you compete against other people to uh, roast the best cup of coffee. Dang. And, um, okay. Look, spoiler, no spoilers, but at the moment I'm absolutely decking Archie at roasting coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he did just... remember his trip to Kyoto better than I did. You're more of a tea man, so that's a real interesting... Uh... Whereas here, you're just smashing coffee, cups of coffee all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big into the Java is Archie. Yeah. Man, great news segment. Amazing news segment, which means it's time to do another amazing segment in which we review a bunch of games. Before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsor. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, thanks a lot, sponsor. Um, let's get into some reviews. Uh, John, you got two games. I got one. It only makes sense that you do one, then I do one, then you do one again. So that sounds let's hit- in- incredibly fair. So as as always, I teased up the top. I loved one game this week. I didn't so much love a get another game this week. Which one do you want to hear, Levins? You want to go oh. up? Or you want to go down for the first? I want, to, one? I want to stay up. I want to high. I want to, I want to end the, the the episode on a low note. <laughs> <laughs> 
just taper out gently. All right, if you've chosen High Note, then here we go. So, the game that I particularly enjoyed playing this week... Well, can I guess? Is, is it Minute of Island? No. Shit. Okay. It, it is Mundawn, spelt M-U-N-D-A-U-N. It is developed by a uh, Swiss development company called Hidden Fields. Oh, my uh, God. Published. Look at the artwork on this motherfucker. Everyone Google this now. This is crazy. Yeah, so funny, like, okay, you've, you've skipped ahead, but the artwork is insane. All the textures in this game are drawn with pencil, which gives Shit. it this really, like, really unique, really moody kind of oppressive, scary look to it, which makes sense because this is a horror game. Um, so Mundon is a first-person game. Uh, it's kind of adventure with some little survival elements to it. You play a young man who uh, has received a letter from the priest in your old village telling you that your grandfather has died, but weirdly enough, going like, it was a peaceful death and we've buried him. There's no reason for you to come back to the town. Ha ha ha. Cool. Thanks. Bye. In not so many words, obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a priest in a, a Swiss rural village. So K thanks bye is not probably <laughs> in his vocabulary, but... The general, the general tone of the message is like, we're sad to say your grandpa has passed, but there's no reason for you to come back to the town. So, of course, you're like, no, nah, I'm going back to the town. And the game starts with you kind of catching a bus up into the mountains, into your town. The first thing you do is go to uh, your grandfather's old house, where I think the letter actually mentions there was a barn fire, your grandfather has passed away, he's now peacefully buried, etc., you go to this barn and after an encounter with a very strange, very creepy old man, you find out that, no, your grandfather has, it hasn't been peacefully buried in the church graveyard. Your grandpa's co- charred corpse is still sitting <laughs> in the barn. What the hell? So you then basically, you are off on an adventure of sorts to find out, okay, well, what the hell happened here? Why... Why does it appear that my grandfather is cursed? Who is this creepy old man that sort of like shook my hand and left it looking all withered and fucked up essentially? And it's just, I have been like, I was almost late to recording this episode just because I was like, I could, I could probably fit in two more minutes of playing this game before I have to get my stuff set up. Like, oh crap, no, I gotta go now. I don't want to give too much away about the story, but. It has this fantastic dreamlike quality that really builds into the horror of the game. Like, it's not... So far, over the course of playing for maybe two to four hours, there's been one jump scare. The rest has just been this, like, crazy oppressive atmosphere of this town. The people, like, there's not many people you meet in the town, but the people you do meet are all really weird and creepy there is one point where you like you pick up a goat's head from a desecrated chapel Mm -hmm. and then the goat head starts talking to you naturally (laughs) thankfully it's a very friendly goat head um as you kind of move through the game there are enemies that you come across uh but it's not really a game that's heavily focused on combat it's more like some enemies you can kill, but doing so like at the, you know, the first kind of enemies you run into are these weird looking straw men 
mm-hmm. who uh, you can stab to death with a pitchfork, but stabbing, you know, killing one of them will almost destroy the pitchfork you're holding. So really, the idea is avoid combat as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has these. So this fant- is. Oh, right, so I, I was worried that this is like a, a walking simulator type simulator type game, but it, you actually do shit in it. There, yes, yes, Levens, you do shit in it. There is like throughout the game, there you, there are kind of three um, three things you can level up. You can level up your ability to tolerate fear. You can level up your health, and you can level up your ability to uh, handle a rifle. Um, and you only get a rifle much later on in the game. Like I only just picked up my rifle in the the new area that I've arrived in. But there's definitely yes, it's it's not. There is a lot of walking involved, but there's a lot of like puzzle solving. There's a lot of like combat if you cannot avoid it. Like it was great when I was like in a situation where I busted my pitchfork and had all these straw guys around me and discovered that I could set fire to piles of hay on the ground and then lure these guys to walk through the flaming piles and they would burn to death. After a and, while, like it wouldn't be immediate. All the fire and everything is based on hand-drawn imagery still? Yeah. That's it's great. all It's all rendered through through this pencil stuff. Like, it's a 3D game, but they've all the textures they've put in the game have been done with with pencil drawing, essentially. And I know this, um, this is available everywhere. Are you playing this on the Switch, or...? I'm playing it on Switch, yes. Okay. How does it... Uh, I assume handheld. How, do the, uh, how, do the, how does the imagery look on handheld? Yeah, looks looks great. Okay. Still, still looks wonderful. I mean, obviously, like... Aim to play it in low light if you can, mm-hmm. um, just because uh, you know, a, like vast swathes of the game take place at night and in dark settings. And if you're playing in a high light environment or in sunlight, obviously it washes the shit out of it, no matter how much you crank the gamma up. Um, but yeah, I've I've just been enjoying the hell out of this game. It's it's been really really pleasantly creepy to play. And they do all these, um, not, there are all these ways that they like, how to put this, little details that they pepper into the environment that just add to the creepiness. Like I just had a, I had an instance before where I was, I was walking around a mountain lake after doing a kind of significant part of the game and in the reflection of the lake was a giant image of the old man obviously not reflecting anything the 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 shore on the opposite side of the lake is completely clear but there's just this giant reflection of him and it just gave such a like such a fantastic kind of little shiver of ooh man that's that's good and spooky that's a good scare kind of thing yeah cool it's not it's not gory or anything like that it's just creepy and and suspenseful and yeah, I highly recommend playing this game if you if you like a scary game. Um, even if even well, if you hate scary things, avoid it obviously. Uh, but I think if you if you enjoy scary games and you don't have a massive tolerance for it, this is a great game to play. Yeah, Unreal, cool. So yeah, like you said, like I said earlier, it's available on everything. It's on Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Mm-hmm. Um, and dare uh, I say Linux. Uh, no, it does not appear to be Linuxed. Sorry, guys. Sorry, um, Linux. But that's uh, cool. It's great to hear that. Um, that, it, that that it plays well. I feel like you know things where they where it's a very complicated graphical art style like that. Not necessarily like high. I don't know. I feel like sometimes that that can be lost on uh, 
on the Switch. And so it's good to hear that in handheld mode, especially, it looks good. Yeah. So what do you got, Levens? Tell Cotton us. Cotton Reboot, John. Uh, oh. Let's let's talk cootem ups because we talked about many many shoot 'em ups in the past, but uh, Cotton in 1991 was one of the pioneering cootem 'em ups in that this is a game where you are, you know, just flying through the sky, firing at, um, bullets um, nonstop. You're just, just your, your your thumb is just planted on the uh, on the shoot button as you just fire way at waves and waves of enemies who are flying at you and unleashing swaths of of, of bullets in your direction um so cotton originally started in uh yeah 1991 on the uh eight x68000 the sharp it was like a sharp computer that was only released in uh, in japan in 1987, that's when it, when it was launched. So this game came out for that originally on uh, in arcades, and this eventually made itself to the Turbo Graphics CD, um, the PlayStation, and the Neo Geo Pocket Color. But when it launched, it was on either arcade or X68000. Um, this franchise, uh, I guess, is a pioneer, pioneered the cute 'em up genre uh, in that instead of you know usually shoot 'em up games are like you're a plane and you're shooting at other planes, or you're an alien spaceship, and you're shooting at other alien spaceships. In this game, you play as Cotton, who is a witch, um, and she is addicted to uh, these lollies called Willow, like this candy called Willow, um, and she meets a fairy named Silk, and Silk's like, hey, I know where there's lots of Willows, let's come eat some, but you have to just, you're, you're basically, you're, you're, on a, you're on your broomstick, and you're just shooting magic, at all these insanely creative, bonkers to look at monsters that have been beautifully uh, animated with pixel art, um, and are just like there's so much chaos happening on the screen. You can play this game like your uh, average shoot 'em up, where you are just like you know firing at everything you see, but and collecting all the little power ups and things that fly through the sky that won't kill you. Um, but there's a lot of strategy to the way you play this one um, because. Every time you kill an enemy, they release a like a jewel, a gem, and you can either like rush over to it and collect it, or you can fire your magic at it. And once it hits the gem, the jewel, it refracts, and Ooh. it will suddenly you know fly in two directions instead of one. Um, and if you kill a bunch of enemies and their the jewels just stay there, you can like basically fire in like tons of directions at once and as you multiply your shots as they go through more jewels you're constantly one making your shots more powerful and taking out enemies faster but you're also um uh you have all these because your secondary weapon is like this bomb that blasts out of your broomstick at one point it takes on the form of like a dragon's head which is very sick um but the more you you shoot certain colored jewels the more those attacks get like level up um Mm -hmm. But if you shoot a jewel too much, John, it turns black, and then oh, it no. starts. Then it acts as like a uh, a barrier, and none of your shots get through. So that's when you have to. Hopefully, you've you've managed to shoot like through to the point of turning black, um, like multiple jewels in front of you. Then you swoop in and you collect them, and that's when you start chaining together. So you, on one hand, yes, you are chaining together attacks, but then you're also chaining together. Collect like collecting the jewels at the right time. You can also enter like a rush mode where like it basically like it starts like 
multi- basically it puts a multiplier on all your shots um, that you put through the jewels that take down enemies. There's seven levels um, that you that you make do to get through to the final game. Um, thankfully, in the regular version, when you die after three lives, which you will many many times per level, uh, you just hit continue and it does dock some points off your score. Obviously, if you want to get that high score, there is a lot of online rankings, and I imagine if you want to get near the top, you can't die even a single time. Um, whereas me on the, the last boss alone, I would say I had to do like six or seven continues, uh, okay. because there is so much shit flying at you on screen. Uh, and obviously this is my first time through the game. It looks so good. The music is, is bonkers. Um, there is like a stupid story, which is also bonkers and you know, you really, really want it to be bonkers. Um, but what looks like a very like you know simple silly shoot 'em up game there is a lot of depth to the combat and i imagine if you want to get through this game with the highest score imaginable you really have to uh, strategize how you are going to shoot the gems and when and when do you sweep in and collect them how do you dodge certain attacks when do you use the bombs at the right time when is the best time to hit your multiplier um this game was very very fun uh, it was published the, the remake has been published by In In Games. Um, In In are an awesome uh, publisher who basically do um, really high budget remakes of, or I mean, they, they're either high budget or they cost a lot. I mean, whether basically like they they put the money into this into their remakes, but they uh, expect a lot back. Um, okay. Because this game, I think, is like around the fifty dollar mark. Um, right. For right. A thirty dollar thirty dollar a thirty year old reboot, but. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really really fun, um, and I like playing a very mindless feeling shoot 'em up every now and then. And this absolutely gave it to me. Um, it's on PlayStation Four, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Um, and uh, In In Games actually um, re-released another in the same week. Um, they put another um, re-released game. Um, I've talked about the Darius games in the past. Um, They've released two collections of Darius games from like um, the arcades, like these amazing arcade ports where it's like super widescreen. So it's like you're actually playing on a on a thin strip that emulates how how like this really really long widescreen shoot 'em up used to be in, in Japanese arcades, which is really cool. Okay. So, so they they get a, a hold of like classic like Taito um, uh, arcade games. Um, from like the 80s and 90s and then do like really great packages of them together and they've just released uh, Darius Burst EX Plus Another Chronicle (laughs) (laughs) what a name Um, and so this was a game that was originally on I think on the PlayStation I I, I can't remember what what, what, what it was originally but this has just come out too I'm going to be playing this very soon and they have yet another um, Darius Collection um, which is called... Do you mean Dar- Darius, like D-A-R-I-U-S? Yes. Right. Um, I played one. I've played... I've got all the collections now. They're so good. There's one that is like the Mega Drive game, and I think it has one of the best soundtracks on any arcade game I've ever played. And Damn. what's cool about the Darius games is that, like, you are, like, you know, shooting your way through alien spaceships, but once you beat the first level you have access to two levels and you have to choose from one of those two that you're going to go to. Then you beat that one and you have access to two levels. So there's actually like, there's 
so many different combination of paths you can take to get to the end of this game. Um, a lot of replay value and uh, a lot of different levels, and not just levels and, and cool graphics, but also very amazing music. So the next collection, which comes out uh, later this year for PlayStation 4 and Switch, Switch is called G Darius HD. Um, but yeah, so look, there's no... And this is the... Uh, uh, the original G Darius from 1997 remastered for the first time. Um, I assume I assume these are all games based on lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish Darius Rucker. Absolutely, who plays him? Hell uh, yeah! He, he, he lets him cry. The alien spaceships <laughs> that you're shooting. One um, button yeah. hoots, the other button blowfishes. Um, in-in games publish some great stuff. If you like arcade titles, um, they've got they've got so many of of them. Um, I've talked about a lot of the the, the pod, a lot of the games on the podcast before, like the Turrican flashback um, oh, games yes, and uh, Puzzle Bubble. I think they even published um, uh, they, they published uh, Wonder Boy, Asher in Monster World recently. Um, but um, a while ago, they published uh, a game that is not necessarily a uh, yeah. They published Crosscode. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so they do a lot of like classic arcade stuff, but also like uh, newer indie stuff too. Uh, check it out in 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 games so i n i n games dot com if you want to see some very sick arcade games that they've published. They have one coming out soon called Clockwork Aquario, um, which I'm really really excited for. Which is a uh, yeah another thirty thirty year old uh, game that they're like the 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 updated visuals for it are just gorgeous. Yeah, sweet. So that's um, Cotton Cotton, cotton reboot. reboot. Big old big old thumb. Now onto a. Not so, bi- not so big old thumb, or the thumb's pointing in a different direction. Ending Minute- the episode on a low note. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's get down, boy. Um, Minute of Islands. So this is a game that I was really looking forward to in the lead up. Like, I'd seen trailers. It's got this fantastic illustrative style to it. The world that you're in looked really interesting. All these trailers showed, you know, it, like bits of footage of like discover you know this this young girl in a yellow raincoat discovering a dead whale on a beach and looking at a giant crazy looking titan and stuff like that but it was very kind of thin on details of what the actual game play was so i was kind of hoping it was going to be like a you know an adventure style game not necessarily a point and click but still something that was based around like you find this item and use it to solve this puzzle kind of thing so it's been out a while on Switch. That's that's what I was waiting for it to be on. Um, finally snapped it up, started playing it, and from the get-go, discovering that it's kind of like a very sort of uninspired platform adventure mm-hmm. was was my first like, oh, okay, so this is this is what the game is. I just you know, I, I, I run along a platform and then do a slight jump to get to a platform that's a little bit higher up and then run along and I climb a ladder and I go back and I do this and I do that. Navigating navigating the way around the world is tedious. Um, even, even running, it's just, it feels like there's so much sort of clambering up and down platforms just to suit the environment, not necessarily to to feel like a good game and a lot of instances they'll be like oh i can jump down from a platform here or i can jump down from a platform here but there's no actual difference in where i wind up it's just two different places for me to jump down the platform so from the get-go i was like okay you know 
Alright, leaving, leaving aside moving around the world, let's get into the story of this game. Let's, you know, thinking, right, let's, maybe this will grab me. So in the game you play as a young girl called Mo. Mo has been blessed or cursed, depending on how you look at it, with uh, a, a device with the called... the name Mo. <laughs> sure, with, with a device called the Omni Switch. Which is a kind of like it's it's sort of like a magic wand essentially that's used to control the technology that's been left behind by a, a, a race of giants. Essentially, there are four of these giants left. They are four brothers. They all live underground, um, separately on various islands, and their job is to turn these giant cranks that keep the power on. Essentially. Now, the world you live in uh, is a dying world. It's been taken over by a fungus that drives you insane and then kills you. So all the other inhabitants on this chain of islands left a long time ago. All that's left is you and various members of your family scattered across these islands uh, who have remained there to essentially keep keep the power on, keep keep these titans or these giants doing their job. The game starts with you as Mo realizing that um, the power's off. And when you go and check out the giant, the giant is uh, asleep or unconscious because the air filters that stop the fungus from poisoning the air around your island have stopped working and the air vents to the outside have closed. So you as Mo need to venture out into the world, get these air filters working again and get the giant clear the air so the vents can open and the giant can breathe again and it can start turning the crank and powering the island. Oh, okay, so it's a very kind of convoluted story so far. Sounds kind of fun so far. It's it's kind of fun. It's very bleak because a lot, like, it really does, despite the kind of very bright art, a lot of it is about, like, you are a young girl that has been saddled with this awfully large responsibility to keep things going, but is there any point in keeping things going? Because, you know, everyone's left this archipelago, why can't you leave as well? And it sort of feeds into the character somewhat. So I did the first set of islands where I had to find these three air, you know, find the three air filters, switch them back on using the Omni switch. My my uncle was on the first island and, you know, I had some interactions with him where he was like, he's worried about me because of the responsibility I have. And, you know, everyone else in this world wears a mask to stop the fungus from getting to them. But Mo, nope, she's she likes to think she's made of stronger stuff than that. So she just wades into this poisonous air, no problems. So finish that, go back underground to see the giant. The giant, like, I can't start the giant back up again because I need to go to sort of a power source like, and, and, and figure out why the power source isn't working. Went and did that, started the giant up. I was like, okay, cool, that's one giant done. Let's, let's move on to the second. Get to the second island and it's the same thing. I wander around the island doing some not-so-great platforming turn on a couple of air purifiers, have some interactions with my sister, which I'll get to in a minute. (laughs) Once I've turned on the air purifiers, I go back underground, I solve the exact same problem of reconnecting this cardio thing. And at this point, it's kind of a puzzle platform where I'm trying to work out where I need to get to and that kind of thing. 
wake the giant back up and I'm done. Off I go to the next island. I've, I, I started the third island, which my grandma is on. I, I got into, like, I've turned on the air purifier. My grandma, as a, as a point of difference, charged me with delivering some little dolls to a cemetery to help her stop mourning her friends. Peppered throughout this are moments where you become overwhelmed by the fungus and you enter this kind of hallucination state where you you have to, like, at the beginning, you kind of... You were, you were, you were given an, a, an order of three things. Like, they are, they're maritime-based things, so it's like a, a sand dollar, a jellyfish, and a starfish. And you need to search this little hallucination state to find these symbols in order, which then unlocks a music box, which allows you to go back to the real world. I, I was starting on this third island and I got to one of these, one of these hallucination states and I was just like, I, I can't. I'm just going to put this down for the moment. Like, it's just the same thing over again. There's been nothing that's really flipped up the gameplay so far. I just, that's when I was like, I'm going to play Mundawn and got lost in Mundawn because I was finding it so much more interesting and so much more varied. I, yeah, I, mentioned, I mentioned the interaction with the sister. And this is, this is one of the things is discovering that the character you're playing actually isn't a very pleasant person. Because when you're approaching the island with your sister, there's a narrator that's kind of talking about what Mo's thinking the whole time. And on the way to your sister's island, she's like, oh, wait, don't, don't gloss over that. How how is it? Is it a good narrator or a bad narrator? It's it's not it's not a terrible narrator. It's sort of like a, a just a, a woman's voice. Um, the narration isn't necessarily overdone. Um, I mean, through, as you explore these islands, there are a lot of points where you kind of find there's interactive points where you find stuff in the environment to talk about. So it might be like you know. There's a chicken on the second island, and you look at the chicken, and the narrator will be like, Mo's sister kept chickens. She'd named all of them. You're pretty sure that one's called X, whatever it is. Like, just little points throughout. And those are, those are interesting. They, they add a bit of depth. <coughs> they add a bit of depth to the world. Anyway, on the way to your sister's island, the narrator's like, Mo is feeling kind of trepidatious because whenever she met up with her sister, the two of them would fight. You know, with with such an important task to do, she didn't really want to fight with her sister, but she knew she had to get this done. Mm-hmm. You arrive on the island, you meet up with your sister. Your sister kind of starts by joking like, oh, it takes saving the world for you to come and visit me. Which, you know, we've all been in a situation where we're not feeling like having a joke, but someone makes a joke anyway. Doesn't really predispose you. But your sister then kind of goes out of her way to try and mend bridges with you. She's like, look... How about we go and eat some stew? Let's just catch up over some stew like old times. Oh, you can't do that because you need to save the world. Oh, how you about hate I come- stew now? Yeah, damn stew-hating characters. But then she's like, look, how about I come with you? I'll help you. I'll, I'll help you on this task. I'll bring stew. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, pack a, I'll pack a thermos full of stew and we'll head off. But your character's like basically ignores her and goes, no. It'll just take longer if you come with me. You stay here. And finally, the sister's like, look, if you leave me here, I won't be here by the time you come back. So you go off, you do your thing, you, you know, rescue the air filters, you, you switch the giant back on, essentially. You come back and your sister is gone. And she has left a note on a table underneath a gemstone. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, 
this is going to be one of those really like heart-wrenching bittersweet moments where I, I the sister lays out her feelings on the page for me and I feel emotionally torn apart let's get into this so I wander across to interact with the letter and it goes Mo didn't bother reading the letter there's nothing that hadn't already been said before besides the sister left this gemstone and that said more than the letter ever could now one I haven't yet gotten a deep enough understanding of these two relationship to gloss over this letter in that way. <laughs> in that way, and two, there had been nothing in the game to indicate a significance of this gemstone. Like, if you're going to pull that off, maybe maybe there was a memory I missed somewhere, or I hadn't looked at some interactive point that mentioned why this gemstone was important. But if you're going to hinge a major emotional moment of your plot around it. Put it right in front of the player's face so they know what they're dealing with. <coughs> I yeah. was just... That happened and I was just like... What... Like, already I... You know, my inter, my previous interaction with, this, with the sister has left a bad taste in my mouth about this character. This just kind of leaves me going, well, now the game is actively stopping me from trying to feel emotionally connected to what's going on. Now, admittedly, I haven't finished the game. I'm only up to the third island and the third brother. There might be some huge emotional twist that happens in um, in the uh, you know in in kind of the the third act of this game. I probably will go back to it once I've finished Mundorn and just clear it up real quick. But mm-hmm. my inclination to do that just isn't there. Like I, I my experience with the game so far has been. Tedious gameplay coupled with a, a a a very bleak story, and I don't mind a bleak story, but you know you kind of need some compelling gameplay to drive you through a bleak story. This doesn't have it, and it's already skipping over major emotional beats that would have embedded me even more in the story. I'm just having a real uphill time with this game essentially that that i'm disappointed because the game was developed by studio fizzbin studio fizzbin released this year say no more which i loved and say no more had a big emotional message in it and it was dealt with really well and even though the gameplay in that was simplistic as well it was still done in a really dynamic and interesting way that you know I mean, Say No More is just a game where you literally just say no all the time, but the effect of you saying no is so kind of attention-grabbing and epic that every time you went to say no, you're like, fuck yeah, let's do this, or fuck no, I guess, is more appropriate (laughs) for that game. But this game is just a slog, and I'm, I'm lightly disappointed that the excitement I had for the game based off trailers and seeing these early looks at it hasn't carried through to the actual game itself. Oh, that's a huge bummer. Oh, well. Yeah. And on that note, Levens, goodbye. <laughs> um, this has been uh, a, yes. a, 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 a happy and then sad episode of all the small a games. A real, real roller coaster of emotions, quite frankly. I'm sorry the sister uh, relationship wasn't explored um, to a satisfying level and, and that you'll never know the significance of the gemstone. That must keep you up at night. I will. I will look if I finish the game and they reveal it. I'll update next week if I change my opinion on this game. I think I I, I owe it in Cotton Reboot. 
Um, she puts so much effort. Cotton is just like, I want to eat the fucking willows. And the, the fairy's like, no, 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 don't eat that willow. Let's collect all seven willows and then you can eat them because the fairy is like, maybe we can trick this crazy this witch is- into into saving, uh, you know, the galaxy and then she can get her food. Anyway, you get the seven willows. We never get to see her eat them, John. Oh, oh. How do you, like, talk about a lack of catharsis. Jeez. I'm out. I'm, I'm quitting games. <laughs> we'll pivot this podcast to something else. Um, hey, Just if you would card like to, games if you'd like to hear us, If you'd like to hear us pivot this podcast into something else, you can over at patreon.com slash all the small games. We just uh, last week released a new podcast called All the Other Things in which we talk about TVs and TV shows and movies. Uh, and then later in the week, we released a, um, a second Patreon podcast, one two in one week. Pretty crazy. Um, this was a... Uh, a a long long episode all about one game a classic uh, game for our um, Patreon game of the month club um, we reviewed the game VVV VVV not just review but we did told the history of this game and um, we went into uh, like you know our, our initial thoughts playing it when we played it first played it many years ago through to what it was like replaying it now with lots of uh, reviews from our patrons too so if this if reviewing a game with us sounds like something you would like to do head on over to patreon.com slash all the small games I'm going to give you a little snippet after this episode about we, where you can hear what our episode about VVV VVV sounds like and maybe by the end of it you'll be enticed to head over to patreon.com slash all the small games five dollars a month gets you two bonus episodes a month plus access to our very lovely discord community where you can talk about video games and uh, especially small ones uh, non-stop maybe we can do fanfic uh, you can decide the significance of the gemstone in that game that John was just talking about <laughs> between the two sisters sure uh, let's do it together as a community patreon.com slash all the small games you can get in touch with us at all the small games at gmail.com is our email address and uh, we are on twitter at all the small game facebook.com slash all the small games john can be found at 16 tacos on twitter and instagram and i am at lev dog l-e-v-d-a-w-g come and say hello we love to hear from you especially if you're trying to pre-order a play date at 3 a.m in the morning sure any, any closing is thoughts that... john uh look another great app in the bag levens <laughs> Um, can't wait to do it again next week I didn't listen as there was there is nothing you could say um, to I can't remember what the quote I can't remember what the quote from the uh, the letter was there is a gemstone on your desk now do not tell me the significance of it you got any ideas what you do you have anything on your list for next week you you, you like got a teaser Um, a couple of our listeners have uh, uh, insisted that I check out Ender Lilies Okay. Um, which is a recent Metroidvania. Uh, so I've picked that up. I definitely want to give Eldest Souls a try. Um, a, that's another recent, like, uh, uh, you know, like difficult uh, action platformer kind of game that I want to check out. And uh, there was a really sick game that just hit um, Game Pass that starts with an O. It's like Osmo. Omno. Omno. Om, om, omno, yeah. Yeah, I want, to, I want to try and do that. Archie and I are also pretty close to the end of Chicory. So maybe that will be, uh, by the time we talk again, we will have finished that. Nice. I'm playing Sounds a shitload good. of duck game with him as well, which has been fun. Is he getting? Is he getting better? No, he sucks at it. But he loves it so much. <laughs> but he gets he gets annoyed when I let him kill me, and he also gets annoyed when I kill him. So I don't know what he wants, man. Anyone? <laughs> any ideas? Let email us. Let me know. What does my damn son want from me? <laughs> All the small games at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Enjoy the snippet of our Patreon episode, and uh, please consider supporting us. We we really appreciate it.
Hi everybody and welcome to a special episode of All The Small Games. This is our Game of the Month Club episode number three and the game we're talking about is VVVVVV. My name is Andrew Levins and guess what? Every one of those V's stands for Valenzuela. John Valenzuela, hey. that is. My co-host. <laughs> what a what an introduction. Unbelievable shit. I was... I was thinking on the way to record this, like, how often when we try to say the name of the game, we're going to need to either do it very slowly or be like, yeah, so in V, 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 Tasty Tiger Trio, whatever, has nothing on this. I was like, let's just call it 6V, but then I'm like, nah, fuck it, let's just screw it up a bunch and... And and see how many times. Well, it does have an official website because this game was a uh, like in its first inception a free flash game to play. And the uh, the website which still exists is um, http colon slash slash the letter v six tim dot es. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we are talking about uh, VVVVVV today, a game uh, created by Terry Kavanagh, um, an Irish video game designer. Um, it was released in 2009, um, and uh, 2009 or 10, we'll work. We'll work that. We've got a whole 2010. We've got a I whole think it was the, to work the, that out. the the Flash site you mentioned. I think was released in 2010. 2010 there you go. So probably developed throughout 2009. Um, so we have uh, every month we put in our Game of the Month channel in the Discord um, two video games and have everyone choose which of them. They're somewhat thematically themed. Um, and so for this month, I chose two brutally hard platformer games um, from 10 years ago. Um, one of them being Super Meat Boy and the other one being VVVVVV, a game that I was very looking forward to uh, to, to playing a second time because uh, when I last played it, it was 2013, but more on uh, that later. Um, VVV1 with Flying Colors um, And so we're going to do an episode all about it right now And at the end of the episode, John has the honour of uh, revealing the next two games For you to vote for in our Game of the Month channel Um, So let's talk about Terry Kavanagh Um, He was born in 1984 He's an Irish video game designer um, Now currently based in London Um, He uh, studied mathematics in Trinity College in Dublin And normally I wouldn't talk about that in a, a brief bio of a video game developer but there is such a fucking maths element to VVV and a lot of Terry's games I think um, mm. his most famous games so far there's like well over two dozen of them um, some of them are very small micro games other them are, are quite big expansive games um, uh, but his most famous games are this one of course VVVVV um, Super Hexagon which is still available on iOS um, and it is an arcade game where you have to basically move. There's, there's, it's basically like a, a puzzle game where you're moving a lot. It's very quick, like a very fast puzzle arcade game where you have to move a hexagon and uh, not, not getting trapped underneath the sides. And then uh, last year he released, sorry, I just had lunch, maybe burp and curry for the next half hour. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, last year he released uh, his biggest game yet, a roguelike deck building game called Dicey Dungeons. Um, but Terry Kavanaugh has put out a lot of games um, and I'm going to read them all out to you now <laughs> because some of them are insanely net titled. So all the way back in uh, 2008 and the next few games, these are all uh, Microsoft Windows exclusive. Uh, so Zolgers with a ZX, Squish, Self-Destruct, Transport Stories, Never Opened, We Love Mind Control Rocket, 
Judith. Out of uh, so, but wait, that was two thousand and eight. Out of those games, which, based on the title, would you want to play? We love Mind Control Rocket, obviously. <laughs> Maybe Squish. For me, it's Transport Stories. Okay. All right, you are you do you are the story guy. Um, this is true. we get it. You love writing. <laughs> um, Pathways, <laughs> Airplane Adventures. This one is. Are you ready? This is a flash game he made in two thousand and nine. The Baron's Volcano Party. Obvious winner there. Uh, das Puzzle Spielen, um, <laughs> Nun Squad, Bullfist, <laughs> Nanny Zero. Um, I think that that's the best triple. I think <laughs> out of all of these, Nun Squad, Bullfist, and Nanny Zero. Hell yes. Uh, Determinista. Um, Deterministic. Oh, that's what I'm about. Yep. Um, Airplane Adventures Two: The Return, The Best Years of My Life, and Bullet Time. Then we have Don't Look Back. Which uh, has some fame. I know that's uh, it, it's it's on um, iOS, and it was even on Ouya as well. But um, do you remember Don't Look Back? <clears throat> I've played this on my phone. Um, it's like a, a kind of like throwback to old school adventure game um, where you where you're kind of like running through a. Uh, it's kind of a little bit like um, like Limbo, I guess, like a, a really really primitive Limbo like game. Okay. Um, or more like a uh, Eternal Castle, like that style of retro platformer. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Very, very difficult to play um, on on phone, but nowhere near as difficult as the game VVV VVV, which John has finished on his phone twice. But more on that very soon. Yes. Uh, in 2010, we get Radio Silence, N O T T U B, Sue Mouse, Kozachok, <laughs> going forward. Okay, uh, you ready for this one, John? <laughs> Go. Ba 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 da la Adobe Flash and Ouya. Then we have um, Memretix and Suashem. Then Phobia, Phobia, Phobia. He just gave up at this point in time, didn't he? I mean, we're he? about to talk about a game called VVV, VVV. So, yeah. Look, this is very true. Um, Red Sky Bridge, then in, at the end of 2010. A very busy, like three very busy years for games made by Terry. Uh, we have uh, VVV, VVV. Um, American Dream in 2011. Another one that comes to Ouya as well. Heroes Adventure. Um, Oichmaith. I mean, this, these could be Welsh, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, or right, what's or the Irish? Whatever like, the uh, Gaelic, Celtic, Gaelic. Yeah. yeah. Um, at a distance, 2012 gives us Super Hexagon, um, and Chat Chat Hexagon, Harmonalier, Griefer, Not Snake, Collapse, um, Fountain, Nayers Quest, Experiment 12, Maverick Bird, Moving Stories. We're now in 2015. Grab them by the eyes, all in caps. Copycat, Constellation Machine, Tiny Heist, Dicey Dungeons, Climb the Man Obby, and anyone... Climb the Giant Man Obby. Climb the Giant Man Obby. Anyone could be struck by lightning at any time. And those games are both games that he developed for Roblox. (laughs) Or in 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 Roblox, Roblox, because Roblox is like a game development platform now as well. Uh, And finally, uh, a game that will be coming out, TBA, for um, Microsoft Windows, Mac OS, and Linux, is State Machine. Uh, so an extremely mm. busy, prolific dude who just loves to make games, um, and whether or not, like you know, he fleshes them out all the time. I think I, I love 
the the spirit of like you know this VVVV has like a a game jam quality to it, and a lot of my favorite indie games do like just like it's based around one simple idea. The game could be ten minutes long, but he's fleshed it out to be a game that's you know around the couple hour mark, depending on how difficult you find the platforming. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, it came out in twenty ten. Um, well, actually, earlier I said it came out in twenty nine, but John corrected me twenty ten. Um, and this has uh, been released on. Um, Windows and Flash, um, Mac OS, Linux, Nintendo 3DS, which is where I first played it, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation Vita, iOS, which is where John first played it, Android, and Ouya. And on top of that, you can also play the game in so many different um, ways, including most recently the Nintendo Switch game, Game Builder Garage, where someone painstakingly recreated the entire game within Game Builder Garage. Um, Amazing, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so many, so many ways to play this game. Um, mo- a lot of them free, and uh, it is one of my favorite brutal platformers. Um, and the fact that John has played it on a phone is just baffling to me. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, I did it one time, and then when it came time to play it for this, I was like, I could probably do it again. Yeah. And then about halfway through, I was like, Why? Why did I do this? Yeah, I flew through this game until one, like, particular set of missions. And I was like, that's okay. right. I fucking hate parts of this game. <laughs> um, um, we'll get into that later. So the- Hear the rest of this episode at patreon.com slash all the small games. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.